ఆకాశవాళ్ళు విత్తినారా సల్వాద్ ఫరీఫ్ <laughs> another way of looking at our spirituality is to consider that we are in a journey we all have been created by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this creation is a sort of separation from god in a sense before we were created we were not separate from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but now that we are created we have been given chance by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to return back to him inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un so we are among the very very few and limited group of creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who have been given this chance to increase our closeness and proximity to him other beings usually have very fixed place even angels they have fixed place ma minna illa lahu maqamun ma'lum all angels have a very fixed position they cannot be promoted they cannot upgrade themselves but human beings and jinns as far as we know according to the quran jinn these two and maybe others we don't know but at least these two are given free will and they have been given chance to upgrade themselves and get closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the question arises here how is it possible to return to allah or to make journey towards allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and at the same time believe that allah is always with us huwa ma'akum ayna ma kuntum is it a contradiction here we say that allah is always with us but on the other hand we say we are separate we are far and we must make our journey to get closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the answer is that allah is with us but we are not with allah you don't find in the quran saying that you are with god you are with allah you have many cases that allah says he is with us as general rule or in particular cases for example the prophet musa alayhi salam said inna ma'iya rabbi with me is my lord allah is with me but we cannot say we are with allah 
And this solves a question, a problem that sometimes people ask. A very profound Quranic idea. Refuting the idea of Trinity, Quran says, لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ ثَالِثُ Those who have believed that Allah is the third of the three have gone astray. They have become kafir. This is shirk. To say that Allah is the third of the three. But Allah himself says, وَمَا يَكُونُ مِنْ نَجْوَى سَلَاسَةٍ إِلَّا وَهُوَ الرَّابِعُهُمْ There is no group of three people who have whispered except that Allah is the fourth. And if there are five, Allah is the sixth. What is the difference? The difference is this. Those who say Allah is the third of the three believe that the other two of the three are with Allah. That is the third of the three. So the first and second are with the third. But in the other case, these are three and Allah is with them. Allah is Rabi'uhum. These are not with Allah. Allah is with them. So they cannot be mixed with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is always this distance and this difference in order. Okay? So this is very important idea. So we are not with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by default but we can reach a position in which we can get closer and closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as some people say we cannot accept we cannot deny unless we reach we can lose our own limits and our own boundaries and we can be identified with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I don't say anything about this we leave it Till inshallah we see this either in this world or in Akhirah. But it's without any doubt acceptable that we can get closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what we mean by returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna lillah wa inna ilayhe raji'un. Of course, the speed of this return is different. The time of reaching God is different. Some people are so slow in returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you may feel they never reach. Some people are very fast. In one night, they may make journey of years for other people. In the night of Qadr, it's possible that you make a journey that people may make it in years because we believe that the night of Qadr is equal to 1000 years or more of course excluding nights of Qadr from those 100 years 100 years without nights of Qadr can be equal to night of Qadr so whatever you do in this night can be Echoed can be projected into 1000 years. So, if we optimize our use of night of that, it can be very, very useful and very, very uh, golden opportunity for us. And maybe, inshallah, we can talk about this later. So, this journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
can be taken, can be made in different speeds, with different directions. Some people take the shortest route. Some people take some roads which are not direct, different. Some people may go backward, but in the end they will be forced to go back. They will all reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's a matter of whether you choose yourself or they will force you to go back towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we want to see what is the best way. Imam Sajjad alayhi salam says that this path towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very very narrow for those people who have not been guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's very very narrow you see how many how many schools of thought how many ideas how many mazhab are there because they have not been able to find the right path Subhanaka ma adhyaqat turuqa ala man lam takun dalila What a narrow path is for those who have not been guided by you It's very very narrow It's very difficult to find your way But Wama awzaha al-haq inda man hadaytahu sabila But what clear is, what clear path is this for those whom you have guided it's up to us to make it very very difficult for ourselves to be distracted by different ideas and opinions and in the end not to reach or to act according to the direction which is given by us to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophet and imams and then we reach very easily and very quickly of course we choose the second but it's just to admit that Allah is our guide. Nothing else can be our guide. It's not easy. It's easy to say, but it's not easy to practice. Say Allah and leave everything aside. Can we do that? In a sense, it's very easy. Because you don't need to convince yourself, you don't need to prove it. It's very clear, self-evident, that we can trust Allah and nothing else. But in practice, we may trust everything, but we may not trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have doubts, unfortunately, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In practice, not in theory. Okay, so if we want to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and if we want to have Allah as our only guide... What should we do? The first thing is to become awake. The first thing is to realize our need. To realize that we are making this journey. To realize that we have limited time. To realize that our eternal destiny depends on our actions in these few days that we have. And to realize that we need some provision for this journey. 
این سرمون این نهج البلاغ امام علی علیه السلام says that the insightful person is the one this is sermon 133 for those who make notes imam says wal basir the one who has insight basir means the one who has insight the insightful person is the one who is menha mutazawwid the person who has insight is the one who collects provision from this world from this life not for this life the one who is a'ma who is blind is the one who takes provisions for this life of course where he can take from provision from his spirituality from his so he spends from his spiritual gifts to take provision for this dunya this is blind basir is the one who takes provision from this world for akhirah for his eternal journey this is basir In another khutbah, in khutbah 157, Imam Ali says, فَتَزَوَّدُوا فِي أَيَّامِ الْفَنَاءِ لَأَيَّامِ الْبَقَاءِ Take provision from this life which is expiring, which is to pass quickly and expire quickly for the days of eternity, for days of permanence. So you see, the idea of remembering that we are in a journey and we must take our provisions with ourselves to be prepared for that journey. This is something you find it in Hadith and in the Quran and the Quran says, خَيْرُ taqwa The best provision to take with you is piety. Is to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to observe Allah's rules and commands we don't want to discuss that much about this issue but if you want you know, to study this you can read many books Alhamdulillah we have uh, in Arabic, Farsi and some translate to English about Laqa'ullah and how we can meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what does that require for us but very briefly we want to transfer to the next step after this and that is as I said to make all our efforts mobilized to make ourselves alert to make ourselves awake and then we can make the further step and that will be repentance Tonight, inshallah, if I finish the issue of awakeness or being awake, then inshallah, tomorrow night, we can talk about repentance as second step. Nearly all Muslim 
ethicists and masters of spirituality. Nearly they have all mentioned that the first stage is yaqdh. And in Arabic, yaqdh means to be awake. Because we believe that unfortunately most of the people are asleep. This is narrated from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And also from Imam Ali. People are asleep. Even when they are awake, they are asleep. They are physically awake, but their soul is asleep. And it's interesting to remember a hadith from the Prophet that he said, I sleep, but my heart never sleeps. We followers of the Prophet, unfortunately, are opposite. Even when we are awake, we are asleep. This is why we cannot understand what is to our benefit, to our interest. If we were awake, we could understand everything. When can we become awake? There are two ways. One is to wait till we die. When we die, we will be forced to awake. The pressure of death makes sleepy people also awake. This is one way. But the problem with this is, then there is no benefit. It's too late. Because then we cannot have another chance to do what is to our best. The second way is to try to become awake while we are still in this world. While we are still physically alive so that we can use the remainder of our life in good way. And this is quite possible. This is what we call it voluntary death. You may remember a story of Sadr Jahan in Masnavi by Rumi. He says there was a very generous person called Sadr Jahan. And he was giving money to all people. Whoever went to him for money, he gave him. But there was only one condition. Because he was a good person, pious person. He was only giving money to those people who asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and made Sadr Jahan as an instrument in hand of Allah. So, in other words, they asked Sadr Jahan to give them money because of Allah and said, it is Allah who has given you this money to give me. But there was a person who went to Sadr Jahan and said, give me money. Sadr Jahan refused. He insisted. Sadr Jahan said, never. I am nothing. If you ask me, you will not be granted. And this is very, you know, inspiring. Everything in this world is in hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you directly ask those things to help you, they will never help you completely and perfectly. But if you ask them 
because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then they will help you so this person received nothing from Sadr Jahan he made a plan and he thought he can deceive Sadr Jahan so what he did was he knew the routes that every day Sadr Jahan was taking so early morning he went somewhere on his way and then pretended that he has died and this is a custom that when you see a dead person you throw some money so when Sadr Jahan saw this dead person threw some money for him so he suddenly stood up and said look didn't I tell you that I will take money from you what Sadr Jahan said you didn't receive money unless you died this is very important until you die so if we die then we can receive everything how can we die we should reflect on the concept of death what does death mean this does not mean just to have for example our hearts not beating or for example to have brain death no real death is to be cut off from the material world not to be any more dependent on this material world when you die you are not becoming weaker you are becoming stronger as long as we are in this world our soul depends on material world none of us except those who are very special can do something in this world without physically being related to that part of the world if I am here I can you know move something here as far as my body is there but I cannot do anything in other parts of the world or I cannot be aware of what is happening in the other parts of the world this is for most of the people why? because as philosophers say human soul although is a spiritual in a sense is material in its acts so in its acts it depends physical matter but when we die we will become spiritual in our sense and in our acts so when you die you understand what is happening in every part of the world and if you are allowed you have the power of to do what you wish in any part of the world of course if you are allowed depending on the sort of the person that you are so by dying we will be stronger we will be more awake not that we become weaker okay if someone in this world can reach that position if he is here but can stop relying and depending on the material affairs if he is here but he is not thinking about money about reputation about respect of the people this is not important for him so this person is here but he is in a position in which the people can be there with force of course 
after their death. So this person is here, but no longer is bound to physical laws. If you reach this position, you will be aware of what is happening in this world. Every part of the world, and what is happening in Akhirah. You have heard the story of that young companion of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi who was one of the people of platform as Sufah. And you know, after the prayer of Fajr, the Prophet Muhammad saw him. He was pale, and he was thin. The Prophet said, "Kaifa asbahta? How did you start your day?" He said, "Asbahta muqanam." I am certain. The Prophet said, there is a sign for everything. What is the sign for your certainty? He said, my certainty has caused me not to sleep during the night. Has caused me not to eat during the days. And now I can tell you who among the people who are around you are in hell and who are in heaven. He is alive. But he is like the people who are in the alam of Barzakh. In the other world. The Prophet said, don't say anything. This must be kept secret. And then he asked the Prophet to pray for him so that he can become martyr. And the Prophet prayed for him and then later he became martyr. So it's quite possible to reach this stage of voluntary death. And this, when happens, then you can see everything. All the veils will be removed before your eyes. You read in Surah Qaf, لَقَدْ كَشَفْنَا عَنْكَ قِطَاعَكَ الْيَوْمَ حَدِيدٌ We have removed your veils. قِطَاعَكَ Because everyone has his own veils. We have removed your veils and now your eyes are sharp. This happened after death. But you can have this in this world. How? By becoming fully aware of the nature of the life in this world and the nature of the life in the, that, the other world and how we can transfer our material life to a sort of life which fits into the life that we will have in Akhirah. Inshallah we will continue this tomorrow. As you know, tonight is the night of 20th of Ramadan. And it said that Imam Ali in this month of Ramadan had very special situation in his heart. And even people around him noticed that. For example, Imam in this month never had enough food. When he wanted to break his fasting, he had just three mouthfuls of food. Sometimes Imam was asked, why you don't eat enough? And Imam said, I would rather to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while I am hungry. He was visiting his relatives and according to some narrations one night he was spending with Imam Hussein 
another night with Imam Hassan, one night, for example, with Ibn Abbas. So that these people can have the last chance to be with Imam. One of the people that was visited by Imam was Umm Kulthum, the daughter of Imam Ali. And Imam wanted to prepare Umm Kulthum for his martyrdom. So Imam said, my daughter, I cannot stay that much with you. Soon I have to leave. Umm Kulthum started crying. Why you should leave us? And Imam said, I had a dream of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in my dream, the Prophet rubbed the dust from my face. What was this dust on the face of Ali? It was the dust of all those crimes and those oppressions that happened to Imam Ali. This was the dust after the demise of the Prophet. So the Prophet rubbed the dust from my face and said, Oh Ali, don't be concerned. Don't worry. You have performed whatever you had to do. Now it's the, con- the time to come. So I certainly will go. In that particular night, Imam was again more and more alert and aware of what is happening. So it said that Imam was always looking <coughs> to a sky. And Imam was saying, Ma kadibtu wala kadibtu. I never told lies and I was never told lies. So whatever I have been told by the Prophet must happen. And when Imam wanted to go for prayer to the mosque, you know that even the birds, the geese in the house didn't let Imam to go. They went to catch the dress of Imam, but the people went to separate them from the Imam. And Imam said, let them. Now, these are crying. And soon, ladies will be crying for me. Anyway, when Imam salam went to the mosque and Ibn Muljam, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curse him and increase in his pain and punishment, gave that strike to Imam, the Shia and the companions and sons of Imam took Imam to his house. This is very sad time for Ahlul Bayt. They carried Imam. Imam couldn't walk. They carried Imam to his house. But before Imam entered the house, he was so worried about Lady Zainab that said, let me walk in myself. I don't want Zainab to see me not to be able to walk. And it was the most difficult time for Lady Zainab in all those years to see his father coming 
with a head full of blood. But I don't know what happened to the lady when he was alone. There was no Imam Hassan to condole him. There was no any other brother or sister to condole him. And instead of seeing Imam Hussein coming with his feet, he saw the body. She saw the body of Imam Hussein alayhi salam beheaded.